All right. And were we sharing audio live. before? Oh no. Okay, so now we're going. So now the audio is live on that. Yes. So it wasn't before. No, it was. Well, yeah, but we're not on on YouTube yet. So. Y- um, yes, it was. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, no, it's not. But no. But yeah, my my favorite thing but is no. um, that I talk to myself, and I didn't realize it was a problem until I started answering. You argue with yourself in public and need other people's influence. I think hey, he's wrong. Hey, can you I think he's right. on this? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, we're doing a whole fucking survey. John L. Peacock thinks he's doing it right, but he thinks he's also doing it wrong. But yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. help me. But no. But yeah, but no. I appreciate you taking the spaces out of my name. But again, you're doing it all wrong. Why? It's all lowercase. It's all my boy Pete. Oh, I don't. I don't like that. I don't care for it, and I'm going to make sure that it changes. Otherwise, from now on. Oh no, I know, I know. Because you, being the English major, like I will take out spaces, but I will not take out proper <laughs> noun punctuation capitalization. That's right. <laughs> Which is. Which is truly unfortunate because I live my life on improper punctuation and capitalization. That's my life bread, John. My bread and butter. Oh, and now. So now the audio is being shared. And now. And now we are alive. Oh, my God. We really got to get these intros down. Like. There's pregame that we do stereo, then we got to put our thing up, then we got to play the music and the intro music. Not ours, but like, come on, folks, take your seats. It's like the lights will dim when the show is about to start, kind of <laughs> shit. And then once we kind of banter, we come on after that over that music, and then we banter back and forth. And then you say, Well, should we start a show? And I say, Nope. And you say, burr, 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 burr. And I say, God damn it. And then we go live on the video. Like, there's a whole thing. If you did, you not read your sides. I read. I did a whole. Uh, our production manager is going to be fired after this. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, bring your video on. <laughs> okay. Um, I liked it. I saw you in a car with a bunch of old ladies there. Uh, I don't even know how that happened. No, I don't either. But I'm a big fan of it. I'm glad you didn't take any shittier pictures. I don't know what's happened. Could have been a real oopsie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, does this look infected to you? Website? Like, oh no. It's all my medical history. Oh no. Jeebus, John. Jeebus, Jeebus, Jeebus. What do you think? Should we get into it? I no, I I I don't know what to think at this point with your grandma sweater still happening. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think. So I'm, I'm literally just a squirrel trying to get a nut. I don't know what's happening. I'm focused on making it funny. So if you say it's time, it's time. If I don't think so, I'll keep it to myself and I'm focused on that nut. <laughs> well, howdy. <laughs> Sounds like some got somewhere to go. Gotta get going. Gotta go now. 
didgeridoo and kazoo need to travel. Gotta get going. We're on a schedule, says John L. Peacock. I'm John L. Peacock in Brooklyn, New York. This is my boy Pete out in Southern California, and you're listening to Two Sided, where every episode I challenge Pete with a bit of the two sides of life, the fun and the serious. And I take the challenge and I throw it right back and I say, no, boo this man, boo this man. The me and the you, the right and the wrong, the fun and the serious. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> Continue. Uh, so uh, we haven't really done a full check-in. Um, a couple of words. How you feeling? <laughs> done a check-in. I need you to turn your head and cough. All right. <laughs> Everything seems normal here. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. tell me about your week. Do you have a fear of heights or widths? Did you hug your mother too much or not enough? Tell me about your dreams. This week, I am counting down. I got one more day left. I've aggressively purchased hot sauces in the last um, in the last couple weeks. So I got four more today. And they are delicious god damn they're one i only tasted three because the fourth one it was like it was a drunken purchase like i do my best shopping when i'm a little bit hammered yeah and it's like saturday afternoon sunday morning kind of like oh hello breakfast let's do some shopping (laughs) but i did this one and they're all the same size bottle it's like five ounce bottle of hot sauce the normal thing it's like oh here's a two pack for 16 bucks Here's yep. one one hot sauce for like eight bucks. I, I bought one for like twenty one dollars. I was like, "What? Huh? I'm glad I didn't think about that one." It came. <laughs> it's it's smoked jalapeno that then was uh, barrel uh, aged barrel aged in uh, rum barrels. Okay, and. And the, the bottle itself is like a maker's mark. It has a wax thing. Cause I'm like just taking all the shit off to like, oh, test them, test them. Like, it has wax. <laughs> the, king's, <laughs> the king's seal is upon it. They will know if we break the seal. That's right. So, so I didn't break it yet. But Griff and I are going to do a, because he has, he has four. I have like freaking seven, six or seven now, plus all the other ones we've collected. And he's like, I'm putting more orders in. I'm putting more orders in, too. Fuck the kids' fucking inheritance. We're going to buy hot sauce. <laughs> Not that you need all that for the trip, but the tendency when you get locked into a serious hot sauce collection is to push it as far as you can go. Exactly. Oh, you took too much. You took too much scorpion <laughs> That's pepper. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you son of a bitch. I'm in. Um... So yeah, it's been a good week. It's been, I don't think I worked. It's all surreal. Everything after this year has been surreal because I've taken off a lot of time. Even this not scheduled. It's like, I got a lot of sick time. I'm not feeling well. Look at me in the eyes. Do I look well to you? I just gotta go. <laughs> so, so that's been good. But I think I've, I have one more day. Uh, yeah, tomorrow's one more day. Yeah, just like eight more hours at a wake up. Like I'm just clocking it down, baby. Just like it feels like um, it feels like a service in Vietnam where 
you've done one tour and you're at the end of your tour. It's like, I got one more week and then right. go home. I got six more hours and a wake up. That's exactly how I feel. But other than that, I have hot sauces to look forward to. Um, good on smokes. Re-upped on other smoke. I have booze for tonight. Oh, speaking of which, I should probably... But I will be out, and I realize that my consumption is getting a little high, John. I need on, to... on that note, maybe we should uh, get rid of some of that booze for you so that you just have less in the house. I'm trying to help you, you out. You know what? This is the intervention that I've been dreaming of my whole life. <laughs> we're not going to leave here till you drink all the booze. You shouldn't have more booze. Drink it all. Get it out of your house. Dookie dookie. We'll do it. Cheers. Here's to you, mate. Mm. Oh, that's going to bring us directly into our first uh, lightning round. Okay, lightning round. As with all of our first lightning rounds of the evening, uh, it's always a standard Q&A. Pete, are you ready? Oh, I'm so goddamn ready, John. It's about time I get a question that I can answer truthfully in this life. I've always had to second guess and kowtow, but no longer, John. This is our lightning round, and today I will be honest. Uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, food challenges uh, over the past year. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been recently talking a lot about the hot sauces, but we, before we talked a lot about like the big burger challenge, burrito challenge. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So what is your preferred food challenge? What which what, what do you what do you what what do you like to watch? What do you like to uh, for people it, uh, to, to watch or my preferred to what I'm going to like aggressively try and eat and train for? There's two different things. Is, I know. This this question is specifically what is your preferred food challenge to watch? To watch, I like um I like uh, I don't like head to head. I like things that are time challenged against a restaurant. I always enjoy watching. I enjoy the my favorites are the fucking steak challenges or the burger challenges because I was looking like I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. But when they're like, "All right, here's uh, a seven pound burrito with like four pounds of beans," and or like here's something with seven pounds of French fries. Nope. Here's a a gallon milkshake. And then a gallon of chocolate milkshake. Nope. Nope. I don't do carbs or lactose intolerance. My body is a temple. I never said who worshiped there. But we got to keep it good for the parishioners is what I'm thinking. So you'd be down with the big, uh, what is it, the Great Outdoors Challenge of the 120-ounce oh, steak? Yeah. And that's, that's one of the – dude, that's 120. We used to think – I think that was big. But now you go to Texas and there's some tomahawk chops – that are like 180 ounces and it's like crap and you have like oh and a baked potato and three sides and a biscuit and a thing i was like i look at the whole thing and i was like what pulls me up is like the potato i'm like you know what i could do that if i just drown it with meat i could do that and gravy i could do that yeah if i mash it i can do that if I can, I bring my own food processor and I can blend everything and drink it like a shake. I can do that. <laughs> I don't want a milkshake, but a meat shake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello. You said my two favorite words in the English dictionary meat and shake. 
I'm in, bro. I'm fucking in. All right, next question. Uh, who is your favorite food challenger? <sighs> okay. Okay, see... See, so this is this is where it gets a little weird because I don't like any of them on a on a level like cool. I want to watch this person all the time. Like, mm, um, there is so I do like uh, so I I started with Randy Santel and he's just a douchebag. He's like he always on his food challenges. It's the worst thing. It's like it's it's. When someone has a tick and you just like you see it like god damn it stop doing that one thing that i hate <laughs> yeah and he has like three of them he always says like he'll go through the food of what he's like all right we got it's a 72 ounce uh three 30 ounce burgers uh we got some healthy vegetables and he always says healthy vegetables and it's like pickles and onions or like a tomato it's like whatever and we got healthy vegetables like that's his joke and then right. he also says, hey, I'm here at so-and-so's brewery doing this thing. Got a lot of people here who came out for the challenge. Hey, thank you so much. He's like, thank you so much. And he claps like this. He's like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I don't know how you learned to clap, but I can't support you in any. Wait, All right. Like the zoo? He's clapping like a seal. Yes. Because he's like, all right, thanks for everyone coming. All right, thanks so much. Okay, so here's what we got. And it's like, oh, no, 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 no. The chick I like, Katina Eats Kilos, she's great. But then she Mm -hmm. got with Randy Santel, and now they live together, and I don't like it. I don't do any social media. I learned this all from their YouTube channels. Come to our Facebook. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Fuck off. I've seen how they eat together and like when they hold hands, when they sit down and he's like, come on, babe. I'm like, don't call her, babe. I hate her now too. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Raina, Raina is crazy. Crazy Raina is probably okay. my favorite. She's a chick out of Southern California who's all Hello Kitty'd out and like, okay, everybody. And like little Asian girl who drives, literally drives her pink fucking Hello Kitty car with all the Hello Kitty shit with a camera in it. Okay, we're in Texas. Okay, we're in Virginia to go to food challenges and eat for like a week. And she will put everyone down. Like she beats records and she's in Southern California. So she'll do a lot of shit and like, oh, I'm in East LA, I'm in Fontana. I'm in, you know, wherever in Eastvale, like wherever. It's like, I can go there. I can go there. I can go there. And she's like, okay. Hey, two pounds of boba and fucking two pounds of kung pu pow. Okay. I'm going to get some dessert. Like, you're a lady after my own heart. So, <laughs> does I, she always do the, say, the, the quality or quantity challenge or does she do heat as well? She does heat. She does speed. She does quantity. She does it all and she lists her shit on different challenges on so you can, whatever you want, whatever your purview is. Right. It's like, you know. And the great thing is she also has she also has her uh, a merch page and some of it is Rain is crazy merch and it's like her little Japanimation figure doing weird things but her other shit is just nope, badass. A hoodie that's all hot Cheetos like a full on hot Cheetos hoodie I'm like, oh, get in my hot page like, hell yeah, bitch 
or like tacos, a bunch of tacos. Yeah. You're good on every level, every level. <laughs> so I think, I think rain is crazy is my favorite. And drew like this dude up in Canada who, who's a personal trainer and still looks like a personal trainer, but he can eat faster and more than anyone I've ever seen, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And he's super, super nice and Canadian. So even when people are assholes, he was like, okay, all right, well, thanks. All right. And he comes out, well, that was really weird. I don't know. Those guys were kind of jerks, but okay. Oh, I mean, sorry. All right. (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's, uh, let's plow through this. Uh, Have you ever been to an actual food challenge yourself? Other than a watermelon competition and a piting competition that were uh, like summer camps or like activities, I haven't been to a brick and mortar destination to go and eat their food to destroy mm-hmm. house, as we call it, wreck house, down under style, wreck house. Maybe um, I have not. No, no, I no, I definitely do because I've been to locations. Here's the deal. Here's the deal on those because you go to locations with one person, two people, and you don't know it's a food challenge place. Like I've happened in Huntington. We were out in Joshua tree once and you just go like, Oh, we're going to have, go have drinks and have lunch. And it's like, Oh, do you want to take this challenge? And you're with the people who are like, I'm going to do this. And like, Oh no, don't, I don't, I don't want to be here for that. And like, they don't want to support you. And they don't want the people like, chubby check or chubby check like everyone bringing the thing out and like timing like they don't want to be part of that it's like right i don't want to do it alone i don't be like the lone wolf like i have a hard time seeing a movie by myself much less going to an eating challenge to myself like <laughs> right. hey i'm lonely but i'm hungry too no i'll just stay lonely in the dark instead of tell you i'm lonely and eat in front of you <laughs> wow wow any other <laughs> predilections that you've failed on that you want to <laughs> preach about too the public? No, thank you. Fuck off. So, so I haven't had the right group of people. And every time I'm like, all right, we're in San Diego. Let's do this. And it's like other people are like, we're all drinking. We're doing the drinks. I'm like, yeah, well, let's go do this. Like, all right, we'll go. To-. Yeah, I don't want to have a bunch of drunks trying to support me after I've been drinking. <laughs> you got to train. It's a lot of hard work in a dream. You got a carbo load. You exercise, <laughs> you stretch the day before. You do all those things and yeah, but I haven't been able to pull the trigger on that. So, baby steps. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Finally, uh, why do you think that there is an obsession with food challenges in some sects of America? Um, the answer is America. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yep. No, because people are like, oh, we're starving. It's like, we have more food than we know what to do with. We bathe in it. We roll on beds in it. We have competitions about it and throw the rest out. That's right. We have entire sex, sex, S-E-C-T-S, of that that are not food banks, that are specifically for restaurants that are taking waste that restaurants have filled in like, oh, we can take this kind of waste, not prepared waste, but it's, you know, it's, we have so much excess. It's like, oh, this is beautifully prepared sea bass. It's Chilean. Tell everybody at the shelter that it's Chilean. Like, what the fuck is happening in our country that we can do this? Yeah. It's, it's literally it's literally like um, 
shout out to Mr. V, literally, figuratively, seriously. Um, actually. Actually. It's like the three amigos where you see one country with gets sand and one country gets a drop. And then America does this, pours it in our head, it's like, fuck it, and throws the rest out. <laughs> a little gloss, that, a little lip yeah. gloss. Oh, okay. And that is <laughs> the Three Amigos Cantina scene is how America deals with food. And that is why we do food challenges because <laughs> we don't know any better. And we're, we're deviants who must be destroyed. Well, speaking of deviants, we got Mr. V. Fucking A. This guy. Oi, 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 righto, righto, used to, used to blokes, used to blokes doing your thing, stop that, stop that, no, 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 don't argue with me, stop that, no, no, stop, stop, do the toll, do the toll, god damn it, this is my favourite, so just so you guys know, this is our drungo down under that we referred to before, John was start the show. I didn't like. I don't do shit until our drum goes here, <laughs> and he showed up, and I felt like he's listening to the spirit. He hears it's happening. He's on the move. You can hear. Um, I, it's a it's a new show on A and E called Drungos on the Move. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, here we go. We get fucking you know robots. We get down under. We fucking spread the COVID. We get the fucking kitties in the car. We fucking run around. We fucking chuck them out of the car at pools. And also fucking test sites. Good on you, Drunko. There he is. Uh, Mr. V, God damn it. You're I've never met you. I've never seen you, but I feel like you're one of my closest friends. And that is <laughs> very, very telling about where my life is right now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, we got we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump into our first segment. We're gonna jump into our serious segment. You wanna do a shot before we do? Yeah, if you're going to get serious on me, dude, I I definitely do. And now I'm looking at our I'm looking at our page and I I'm not sure what you're referring to about serious and fun, but I feel like you might have mistitled things and I feel like you don't know um the verbiage and the colloquialisms of what things are. If we're talking about the the uh <laughs> Phoenix Rivers movie from the 1990s, by all means. If we're talking about kicks that people shoot each other for, you mistitled our show. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Dink. Dink. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. Today is the one-year anniversary of the swearing-in of President Joseph R. Biden. And by oh, President Kamala uh, Debbie Harris. This has nothing House, to do with the Golden Globes. Big push okay, during this milestone is opening the, the website, covidtest.org. Again, that's covidtest.org, where each resident can receive uh, up to uh, four free at-home COVID-19 tests. So if you haven't gotten that yet, please go to covidtest.org. That's singular, covidtest.org, and you can get your free at-home covid 19 tests and so i'm so glad you said that i'm so glad you said that because i don't i'm sure because you have your finger on the pulse of america's fucking testicles that you realize the medical history i got the link from a friend i sent it to you the other day i ordered mine and my friend who sent it is like hey are you gonna 
you got your test. Are you going to take your test? Like you got them? It's like, yeah, you're going to use like, no, no, I got the test. I'm not going to use them. I don't go anywhere to be infected. I'm waiting until this fucking supply chain falls out. And I'm selling these fuckers in the black market and I'm making a buck. John, this okay. is how we get our PO box for two sided. I sell these, these COVID tests. And if fucking Mr. V can pay the shipping to go overseas, like, oh, wait, it's all, it's like a DVD. Like you got a Blu-ray, you got it. It's different regions. These oh, COVID right. tests. It doesn't work in their nostrils. Right. It doesn't work down under. Like their toilets flush differently. So they don't test the same way we do. It's very, very their, their Their nostrils swab uh, counterclockwise. Yeah, that feels, that feels weird you say that, but. I don't like you to say nostrils or swabbing in public. So, and so as we are recording live on this uh, one-year anniversary, our serious segment topic uh, topic of this episode is, of course, the Golden Globes. So, the Golden Globes awarded to uh, artists of the big and small screen uh, by the Hollywood Foreign Press was created nearly eighty years ago uh, uh, in 1944. Uh, what do you think of when you think of the Golden Globes? Um, I think of I think of pomp and circumstance. I think of yeah, Golden Globes are not a they're great, but they're not a great thing. Like. All they do is lead me to a couple shows I haven't seen before, and I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. Fair enough. But no. No. But same with the same with fucking the, the, the Oscars. Same with the Tonys. Uh-huh. Like it's the Emmys. It, for me, the Emmys. It's just all it is is a is a guide to what I should watch. Now you watch all this other stuff and then you're pissed about what hasn't been nominated. Well, check this shit out. uh well right so uh they have that fanfare right they are very similar to the oscars which uh award um uh which gives awards to the big screen only to movies hollywood movies uh and the emmys which only gives awards to uh television shows um right right so they i you know what growing up i always thought that they were like that that gap they were the they were the ones who went both they, they swung both ways they went small screen they went big screen right uh older uh in my early adulthood i realized that was the one uh award show where the um the actors could drink or the the stars could drink in the show uh, at the award ceremony and so it just became you know it was just this party it was not so stuffy as the oscars but it was you know you you could see people visibly drunk um, no one was being shamed for that reason because everyone was drinking. The, there was booze on the uh, on, on the ahead, tables, no, no. et cetera, et cetera, right? No, no, but I, I feel that. But I'm like, now you're just like saying, hey, Golden Globes, this is where, because we get hammered. I'm like, bro, you get hammered everywhere if you put your mind to it. I would go to the Tonys, the Emmys, the Academy Awards. I would be hammered. Hey, you can't have drinks. Ah, fair enough. You're gonna kick me out. Ah. If I'm nominated, <laughs> fuck you. I'm drinking hard. <laughs> well, they have been known uh, as the third largest award ceremony in Hollywood, uh, after the Oscars and then the Emmys, right? 
Um, the Hollywood Foreign Press was created in the 1940s at, at the height of the studio superstars uh, as a way to have press from outside the U.S. be able to get access to the celebrities where they had at that point little to no access before. Um, they realized that if they added an award ceremony to this little group that they, they formed uh, by coming, banding together, um, which was the original group was a little under 100 people. And that number has stayed essentially the same uh, for the past 80 years. Uh, they realized that uh, the more uh, uh, fanfare and prestige they could get was through having an award ceremony. And so they quickly created the Golden Globes to supplement these uh, newly formed group, the Hollywood Foreign Press. Now, I said uh, their group. Yeah. No, no, no. Go was, ahead. It was a little under 100. Still, still around the same today. Uh, whereas uh, there are 20,000 voting members of the group voting on the Emmys and nearly 10,000 voting members for the Oscars. So a little under 100, right. 10,000, 20,000. Right. A little under 100, though. But look who they are. Look who is on them. Look what we think about them and look what they've done to this world, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna so, get no, no. I don't want. No, I don't want to go ahead. I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to fucking jump your shark. But continue, my friend. This uh, uh, to continue with this access and prestige. The uh, Golden Globes uh, uh, ceremony was created uh, in January of each year, which was markedly before uh, Oscars were voted on, and it uh, became known as the the kickoff. Uh, to Oscar season. Uh, this generated a major money market for Hollywood with uh, a party where stars can drink, let loose, and create some of the fun sound bites to even <laughs> further their fame. And literally, we try to have a Golden Globe sub- celebration every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, where we get to have a little fun, we get a little drunk. And we have some good sound bites to kick off what we're doing for the rest of our lives. From my mouth so we can to relate. God's ears. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's a, I understand their conundrum. I feel their pain. You do what you need to do, but, you know, grandma sweaters take you only so far. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so in uh, 1982, the first major, <laughs> major scandal... <coughs> Oh, it made me feel a little clump there. All right. Can- cancer. 19- yeah. <laughs> in 1982, uh, an actress, uh, Piazza Dora, uh, was named New Star of the Year for her film Butterfly, which was, hadn't even been released yet um, by the Golden Globes. And when it came out, she was panned as spectacularly inept. So people were wondering how the Golden Globe, you know, the, the foreign pre- uh, Hollywood foreign press could possibly ever choose her as new star of the year uh then it came out that her billionaire husband flew the entire hollywood foreign press to his casino and treated them like royalty as a bribe cbs which had been running that show for the uh, first 40 years dropped the show but they were quickly picked up by nbc without a break whatsoever so the nbc has been broadcasting them for the past 40 years well yeah that it's just it's that, it's that whole, uh, hey, brotherly, hey, come on, you get grandfathered in. We're, it's, it's the boys club. It's the whole, we, before we had the idea of, this isn't a monopoly. 
we're just supporting the people who want to be supported and they're supporting us and we're all keeping everyone else out. It's not a big deal. Right. Like, it's like go to go to community chest and figure out what you're gonna do with your life because we have the entire board locked down, motherfucker. That's right. Take AP. a chance. Take a chance. Take a ride. Take a take, take a take, change chance, take a take, change, 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 I don't know. I don't listen to music, but I heard that's a song. So you're right. A major reason why Hollywood has uh, uh, averted its eyes to these uh, very obvious, very open scandals over the past, let's say, 40 years, because I'm sure there were some before, but they didn't really come out um, before 1982, before this big one, uh, is because of the, the money market. Because not only is it a party, but it's a way to push the movies, a way to, like, like you said, what do you think of when you think of the Golden Globes? The same thing is with all of them. Where should I be looking? What should I be looking at? Right? What should I be watching? Uh, and, and Hollywood has, has just been on board 100%. Um, in 1999. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. It, my whole thing, <laughs> as, as a business, is like, all right, we need to make more money and we have more people with eyes on movies. And if these movies, these producers, these directors give us support, give us financial recompense, why wouldn't we support them and, and uh, promote their shit? Like, it's just very, right. it's basic. It's the same thing as, as being a, a, a political pundit, uh, being like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here, um, uh, not a pundit. Lobbyist? A lobbyist. It's the same thing as being a lobbyist. Yep. Like, yep. hey, you like this? No. But do you like it now? If I put, do you like it now? How about back rubs? You like bus tokens? You like quail eggs? What do you like? And do you like it now? And yeah. now these are the five or six. And, okay, go, 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 go. I'll, I'll go off on this shit. Go ahead. Go. In 1999, Sharon Stone, who did an Albert Brooks uh, comedy, The Muse, had the film company send uh, um, uh, part of the the production company, not Sharon Stone herself, but uh, the production company had the film, uh, the the film company sent the foreign uh, press $400 uh, coach watches, really good, nice coach watches. And well, lo and behold, a couple days later, she got herself a nomination for Best Actress in a Comedy. Right. 100%. The thing is, I feel like those AP press reporters are the same. Um, they're the same kind of... They come from the same birthright as you, where $400 watch means dick to me. Like, <clears throat> I give those out on the street. They mean nothing. Right. Right. Like... This this is all of it's all a persona. All of my good stuff is in the back. Four hundred dollars. I spit on it. Other gift also, scandals have happened. Also, do you have any spare change, John? And not for me, for a friend. For a friend, right? Yeah. Sorry, Just a little pocket change. change. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Right I'd on. like to hear We're things. Back. Like I like to hear things jingle when I walk. Did <laughs> <Continue>. you? <laughs> Other gift scandals have happened. Nominations for actors who didn't have nominations in any other award ceremony have been given. And this generated a general flippant relationship with most of the stars of Hollywood uh, that they currently have had uh, uh, with the Hollywood Foreign Press and the Golden Globes. You know, they all basically laugh at it 
but they still kept on going. They they were like drinking down the booze while while mocking it at the same. Ricky Gervais is probably you know the the biggest. Uh, Ten years ago, it was his first award ceremony, and he'd done it several times since then. Every time, getting worse and worse. And he was banned from them, and then brought back the very next year because people loved him so much. Right, and that's the thing. So, like it's a it's a supply and demand. Is AP knows that he's so in demand, they can't cancel him because they'll be fucked. He can't totally say I'm never doing this because that's such a great money maker and publicity. So, all right, we're just gonna have barbs with each other, but neither one of us have true backbones. Which it's kind of like a whole Ricky Gervais thing to me. Like he's great. I love him. I love him. I love him. But he's one of those guys who like, nope, fuck you. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Anyone like sports figures who. Fuck you. And then they come back because the money gets better. Like this is all this was, was a negotiating tactic. And it's like the old joke. You go, you go to a fucking drunk guy goes to a, a chick in the bar. Hey, I'll give you a hundred dollars. If you sleep with me, she's like, no, fuck you. Slaps him. Comes back. like, Hey, I'll give you two, $2 million. If you sleep with me, has a briefcase right here, $2 million. She's like, okay. He's like, all right, how about now we negotiate between 100 and $2 million? <laughs> What do you think I am, a whore? <laughs> oh, we know you're a whore. We're just negotiating now. <laughs> We're just finding the price. Yeah. No, the joke, I, I fucked it up, but I did it as a whole sketch in my head. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Man B walks on from center stage, <laughs> right, upstage. Looks. Mm. Hello. <laughs> no. <laughs> Horrible. Like it. Yeah. Conservation of words when it comes to jokes, and I, I did not do that at all. Yeah. So anyway, the AP. So, so people you keep on have... saying the AP. This is the Hollywood Foreign Press, which is a little different from the Associated Press. Just to just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hollywood Foreign Press. Right. Yeah. HFP. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Um, I had a, I dated a chick who had HPV, who was in the H HFV, who ended up in the DMZ, and we never found her again. But luckily, I tested clean, so, and that's when I stopped following them. So in two thousand twenty, in twenty twenty, the Golden Globes came off of one of their highest rated shows ever. But a few months later, uh, a Norwegian journalist sued uh, the HFP, Hollywood Ford and Press, for barring her entry, saying that they were, quote, institutionalizing a culture of corruption, end quote. Now, obviously, everyone, everyone in Hollywood knew this already, but now that's in a lawsuit. It's not just in print. It's in a, an actual lawsuit against the Hollywood Ford and Press. This starts a little say, bit of a snowball. Say, say that one more time. Say, what, say who and what the lawsuit was. I totally sure. tuned out. Like you were very boring to me. I saw your grandma's sweater and I was like, I would love hard candy. So I tuned out one more time. I'm focusing now. A Norwegian journalist in 2020, after their, one of their highest rated shows ever, that, that January, sued the Hollywood Foreign Press because they barred her entry into it. And she uh, uh, cited the, uh, in her lawsuit that they were, quote, institutionalizing a culture of corruption. The Swedes. <laughs> Got to give us the Swedes. 
Norwegian? No, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, that's what I said. If you run it back in the play-by-play, I said Norwegian. <laughs> There's two things I can't stand is Swedish dissidents and people who correct me when I say Norwegian instead of Swede. <laughs> two things. After that, the Globes failed to uh, um, nominate any movie. This is, so this is for the 2021 season. Uh, any movie with a predominantly uh, black ensemble, namely major ones that year were See? One Night in Miami, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Defy Bloods, and uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. None of them okay. were nominated. Anything. Okay, well, they should have been nominated, but, but Judas and the Black Messiah should have been nominated. Yes. Um, one Night in Miami should have been nominated. Yes. I don't think either one should have won. I think there were, if you look at the, what they had, what the what their nominations were, yeah, it was these were better than others. However, however, my caveat, the two sided, the kid in me thinks that uh, <laughs> that a lot of these. If you look at what is what is nominated, and honestly, a lot of times what wins, but definitely what is nominated. If you look across the board, and this is any um, Academy Award, Golden Globe, anything that's that is television, uh, film based of any yep. any sort, um, it is it is a lot of good filmmaking, a lot of good storytelling. But then there's also a tale of, okay, what is our hot button topic at this point? What are we dealing with as a community, as a society? And if someone makes a movie about that or something that is something, like if you look back at like it's mental health or someone who has a disability or there's a, a, a discrimination of some sort. And I'm not saying it should not have a spotlight shown on it. I'm not saying that at all. I think all of them are amazing. All of them are fucking fantastic. But that we have to, as a society, say, or as an as a Academy Award, a Golden Globe, even the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press, the AP... Look, I got your acronym right. Whatever you need me to say, baby. <laughs> I'm just here for you. Right. I'm only here for you. Actively, I'm only here for you. You and me watch this thing. This right. is going down in the history books. And now I feel like it's in a diary. It's live, so it goes. People only find this at like 79 minutes. But into the ether. Into the ether. Like mist through a fence, John. Like mist like through tears a fence. in the rain. That's yeah. right. And sounds through Hourglass. And that's where they were nominated for a lot of their daytime awards. Anyway, I digress. Um, if, you, if you put like, that was one of my things of like, well, well One Night Miami, uh, Black Messiah, they weren't nominated. They weren't like, okay, I get it. I don't get it. But at the same time, like, all right, are we just saying this as a society? 
you need to, um, I, I want to say the antithesis is like, oh, they should have been nominated. You need to say this one should not have because it's not as good. Like you need to identify why. You can't say like, let's build the category higher and bigger. And because there is a feeling and I, 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 I stated at the beginning, both of those shows should have been nominated. Both of those. Right. Yeah. Right. But and they were the nominated time, in the Oscars, right? And they were nominated correct. in all the in the SAG Awards and all the ma- other major correct, awards. Correct, correct. And right. I say for those, and I personally, as just someone as a, as a someone who watches, as a viewer, as those two, the third one you said, the uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and Duff Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yep, that was a rough one. I got through two episodes. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Like there could be some like great. Great stuff going on with it. Like at this point, nope, 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 no, no, no. Well, that was an old August Wilson play. No, I, I don't give a shit what it was. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not something that should be nominated. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like just because. Okay. Oh well, it's because that this guy did it earlier. Okay, and you know people loved it then. All right, and it was written in. Uh huh. And it's perfect now. And last then, uh, live and performance, then, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then why? And because so we're we talking about because it's history, because it's for eternity, because it's it's for posterity. Because wh- why why are we nominated? Why? Like why should it win? Like I'm hundred percent. Right. Like you gotta you gotta if you're really looking at content of something, that's what I look at. Like. You look at people who are nominated or movies, the best picture, like A Beautiful Mind. Great movie. Not the best. Not the best. I Am Sam. Not the best. The Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything. Not the best. But it's it's the time we're living in and what and how the message is is told to us and the the main people of society who are like, yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, if you want to break it down, like, is, are we too... Like, I'll break it fucking down, John. I don't give a shit. You got nothing else to do. It's just you and me, baby. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just like we talk about in these political spectrums and things now. It's like, oh, if you talk the right way, you win half this audience of the country. If you talk this yeah. way, you win the other half, right? So, take, take the entire U.S. and think about who actively watches TV and movies and plays. Boom, you have to like cut off like three quarters of society. Like who are true watching, like maybe half. All right, we'll go half. We'll go half at this point. Right? Yeah. I got I got a Venn diagram in my head, and we're gonna keep on going smaller and smaller. So we got half now, all right? So okay. now it's like, all right, so so now you have TV movies, plays. All right, and you get people who are like, I only fuck with musical theater. I don't have a TV in my house. Burp, you're out. <laughs> Boom, we're right. down. We're down now to two thirds, so six quarters. I don't do fractions well, John. I never learned math or how to read, John. (laughs) Right, but we're a smaller group now, and so you get the people who are actually judging, and you have the the consumer public and like who are more empathetic, who are more in touch with, who are judging movies, who are watching TV, who are active. Um, that they, they they give back, 
You know what I mean? They, they, they speak up, yeah. they pay it forward. Uh, let's see. And they also know, like, I would say pay it forward. And like Kevin Spacey's canceled. Like, I know I'll figure out another way to say it. And I'll say they pay it forward. It was a great Kevin Spacey movie, John. He's been canceled. We're trying to do a whole thing. Anyone, if there's people who, who are watching this, who are judging this, it's, it's how they, it's, it's, it's their mindset. They hear the wrong thing. Like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, that's a bad. And so if there's any, oh, it's a specific topic. Like, oh, they, this, this, you know, a perfect mind has had, or a, a beautiful, a beautiful mind has had a, like, oh, look at his struggle. And like, we're all empathetic. We're all in this thing. There's been, and I'm with it. All of these things I'm a hundred percent with. I'm not naysaying any of them, yeah. any of them at all. But I'm saying, I feel like movie and theater, movie and TV versus society, like you need to comment on society. It needs to be pertinent to society, but it is definitely church and state. Like, it should be, it is a specific commentary. It should be, or if it does, you know, this is leaning one way or another way great shows can do anything they want but as far as nominating them as as a board as an academy it should not be based on the fact of what our community and our society sees as correct in this moment it should be on storytelling acting screenplay cinematography sound design costuming set design like it should be on Art, these the core artistic maybe. excellence the our, our core like what we do yeah like it it shouldn't be like all right we're doing a we're doing a whole show our movie right now turns out that all the hipsters in brooklyn love grandma sweaters so we're doing a thing about how grandma gave a sweater to john and we do a short story about it and it's fucking films and there's like sunsets and there's brooklyn's and there's like tons of grandmas and there's like lots of yeah all no lean down like when you lean up you see what's happening like either (laughs) lean forward and be the head in the screen or lean back and be grandma sweater lean lean forward i got nothing it's like i got nowhere to go for you you shouldn't be wearing that public (laughs) at least at least this i can say this is a grandma situation john if in our friendship you could smash that subscribe and like button, <laughs> if you hit that bell and say every time, like you'll answer the call. I'm just saying, ding, 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 no, ding, ding. No, what uh, it's interesting um, because it, you make a good point. The the uh, voting committees of both the Emmys and the Oscars are artist based, and there's a, a larger pool, and so more of and artists, uh, you know, uh, as as an artist, especially as an actor, our art is empathy based because we have to get into the minds of Correct. other, uh, you know, of characters that are not like us. And so that is that is like a, the point of empathy to be able to feel that that possibility, right, of someone else. Uh, and so because of this empathy based art form, that is uh, the artists who are voting on these awards, there is that that trend that the the yearly or the um the the uh, the seasonally 
you know, when when hot topics come up, when when a movie really moves people and has something big to say, you know, it gets a lot of attention and it gets a lot of attention from the artists. And it usually is highly nominated many times wins, you know, sweeps the the Oscars um, is mostly what we're talking about with the Hollywood foreign press. They are not artists. They are press. And there's only a hundred roughly of them. And so they are removed from this art form and looking in on, on from the outside. Right. It's, it's, it's like when the judges stop being polite and they start being real. That's right. That's when we have the Academy Awards. However, <laughs> when we keep being polite and we're all <laughs> dictated by our predilections and how much cheap ass Sanyo watches, you say Casio? Something it was poor to me. Like whatever you said made me feel poor in my mouth. Say those words again. Kind of watch. They were coach watches. Very Very poor. No, very poor. In my world, poor. Drungo Casio. It's nothing. No, no, no. It's like it's in the state same realm as Casio. Like, like if I if I'm not specifically designed by Cartier. I don't fuck with it. Right. But if I don't have to have a wheelbarrow to wheel my arm around and I'm better off looking at a at an old uh, sundial to figure out what time it is. Right. Because this just shit doesn't work. It's just bling 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 and my wheelbarrow that I also had to bling out, which is unbelievably expensive. Right. I want nothing to do with it. Yep. Cat coach, Casio, all these bullshits. So this, uh, this lack of recognition of diversity in the 2021 Golden Globes uh, sparked a major backlash, uh, um, both within, uh, uh, both looking at the Hollywood Forum Press itself and in the nominations and awards within the Golden Globes. The largest of the right. controversies came to light is that the Hollywood Forum Press has not one black member in its ranks. Yep. The, this group has been essentially holding on to this 1940s version of what it means to be elite. This white, male, misogynistic, uh, studio, glitz and glamour, star over, um, over talent kind of uh, ideal from when they started, the 1940s. They have that still today. And it's okay, finally so, come, bit them on the butt. No, 100%. But everything you said, and I, star over talent, there's no way to, to, to sugarcoat that. That is not a good thing. Talent is always the thing that drives, and you find other talent to, to surround the talent to push project forward. But every other thing you just said was like, uh huh, uh huh. No, that if you use it correctly, uh huh, uh huh. This is where we differ on watching the vow. It was like all the things they did were good until the branding and the sex. I mean, right. the unwanted sex, the sex that was manipulated. Yeah, that's why you play volleyball. It's just love And I say it was all wrong. I say it was all wrong. Right, and I say you did some good work for some people. They didn't find any of the good people who were like, you know what, changed my life. I was really able to go out there and face my demons and find the good things. That docuseries was really manipulative. You know, it only had one, one viewpoint. No, John, I followed the case. I watched the trial. I did the things and I was like, yeah, he's a demon. I was like, but was he a demon to everyone? Like, maybe we should 
give him only life plus 20 instead of life plus 120. Right. Maybe maybe give him a chance. You know what I mean? Maybe. <laughs> because if this whole fucking executive success program works, he could be living through another life. I don't know. Give him a chance. He'll be out when so, he's dead in 20. That's right. So by the time the uh, 2021 Golden Globes actually happened in January 2021, all this controversy because the nominations had been out, that's what sparked it. Uh, then it came out that, about the Hollywood Foreign Press not having one uh, person of color in, in their ranks. Um, uh, so the, the hosts that year uh, were Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. And they directly addressed this fact of lack of diversity. They, they, just, they had to. And so they, they said, we all know that awards themselves are BS. We all know that that doesn't really mean anything. But even within this glitz and glamour, cake and circuses style ceremony, there has to be some show of diversity. And the president and the vice president of, of the Hollywood Foreign Press even came out and said, we understand we have work to do. Because uh, they were, you know, foreign. So I said some nondescript foreign accent there. Uh, but this wasn't enough. This, uh, uh, the Hollywood backlash simply just blew up after this. Even Tom Cruise, who is known for being apolitical, even though he's a wacko in his own right, uh, announced that he would be returning his three Golden Globes. Uh, and he had never made those kind of announcements before. Never, never made some kind of political stand in any way. So this year, they were dropped from NBC. This is the first year they did not have a, a, a network affiliate to host their award ceremony or to broadcast their their award ceremony so they were live tweeted in a room uh in beverly in the beverly hilton with only the hollywood foreign press the ones who uh, votes on the golden globes in attendance the only ones in attendance no stars no booze no recognition from the actors and film artists they were uh, artists that they were giving these awards to it sounds like They've been demoted to two-sided podcast style, John. We're only pissing in the wind, hoping for the best, saluting the worst. Shout out, shout out to not uh, Black Messiah because not nominated. Shout out to uh, uh, not anything of anyone of color. Oh, I, close your I mouth, just, John. I'm just going to say there's uh, an opening for an award ceremony. So, hey. NBC, looking this way. So help me. He has a grandma sweater. I have a angry rapist beard and a bad attitude. Don't you want these two as hosts? I, you I want mean, some awards, little kids? No, I said therapist beard. <laughs> I have therapist beard. I'm sorry, I read the cue card wrong. You have the spaces <laughs> too far apart, John. So now uh, scandal and scrutiny has always surrounded the Golden Globes, as we've talked about. It's been uh, decades of this and the Hollywood uh, and the Hollywood foreign press. So it's quite possible that Hollywood doesn't doesn't uh, like this lack of money market that is generated by the Golden Globes um, that is no longer around. And they decide to bring the Golden Globes back um, with a mere slap on the wrist next year. It's possible. It is really possible. It is also possible that this could have very well been the last Golden Globes ever. Only time will tell. Oh, I love time. I love time telling things, John. 
because I like to get hopes up and I like them dashed. I like being helps being dashed and get them up later on. It's a whole, it's a whole variety roller coaster. It's a really good way to end a segment where you give people like maybe this, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just only asking questions. Says Tucker Carlson, his grandma's fucking sweater. Yeah, I don't know. Only time will tell. I'm only asking questions. Terrible. You wrote that. You wrote that. <laughs> only time will tell. That was your ending, wasn't it? It was my ending, but that's I knew it. Call. You only asking no, questions is different from only time will tell. And only time will tell. See, John, I feel like you need to come to my boy Pete's school of writing because you got to leave him <laughs> hanging. Where it's a scribble off a page, where it's a bloody thumbprint off the print, where it says, and everyone knows that sometimes, Mom, this is my time. <laughs> so, do you think that this um, this uh, outsider elite um, will will be able to uh, revive itself and continue with Bro. the Golden Globes, or do you think, like you were saying, that it's just going to start to whitewash and it's just going to be an artist? Uh, mentality and they'll they'll create some other like the SAG Awards will probably take their place is what I could see happening right uh, I, I no I see the SAG Awards taking the network spot because it's going to be what the artists support and networks would totally go back because it's all about money so network would be like yeah if you have the money for sure but artists if they're if they won't show up to the ceremony and all of them are not showing up ain't gonna happen so like, oh, sorry. Oh, SAG, you, you have the money and how much can you give? Okay, it's not as much, but it's, it's almost as much. We'll take as much as you can give. And yep, you're now network. Yeah. And here's now you're promoted on, on your choices and it'll be much more attended because the, the voters will be stars, a lot of them. They'll be you know people who are recognizable, who are actively involved in the process so your your attendance is guaranteed yep it's not it's not all about visuals and and appearances it's all about like i belong to these people and this is like yeah this is my hell yeah i want to see what my shit happens and also all my cool rich friends are here we're gonna we're gonna go take too much after this we took way too much before we came we're taking what do much actors? Well, the Screen Actors Guild uh, would make sense why it um, would have that that prestige and, like you said, the numbers. Because uh, to be a voting member, you just have to be a, uh, a SAG member in good standing. So I am a member. I am a voting member of the Screen Actors Guild Awards. All right. No, I know you are, but I, I you'll be voting, but you're not going to be able to, when they're like, all right, here's the tickets. You're going to be if they're going to be giving out to the voting yeah, members me. who are on people. <laughs> so, right. no, no, stupid, definitely not you. And that's why I'm saying your A game, your network, next time you want to, like, when Tom Hanks, you like the two minutes, like, Mr. Hanks, I have a certain set of skills. And no, that's not it. Uh, I know where you've seen, and I've seen, nope, that's, uh, nope, that's not it. Uh, Mr. Hanks, you had me from hell. Nope, that's not it. Um, hi, I'm John Peacock. <laughs> I don't know. You got to find your. Your in is going to be the funny guy who's like a sidekick who's like, hey, Mr. Hank, 
I got your coffee. I don't drink coffee. Me neither. Every time. I'm like, this guy, he throws <laughs> coffee in the ground every time he comes up. Coffee? No, nope. me neither. <laughs> He's like, I love him. He's crazy. I want to take him around. Watch this. Watch this. I think we'd be down with that. I'm watching this guy. Mr. Hanks, do you need anything? Go give me a beverage. Watch this, guys. Watch. Coffee, Mr. Hanks? I don't drink coffee. Neither do I. See, guys? That's what he does. That's his bit. I didn't even tell tell him to do that. I don't tell him. He's he's a no fucking coffee guy. That's that's what we said. Nothing glass. I said, I don't drink martinis. He threw it on the floor. Hurt some old lady's leg. Now we're in lawsuits. It's very litigious. We just say no coffee. He splashes on himself. Lots of stained floors. It's great. <laughs> well, uh, we're we're moving on. Uh, uh, you ready, John? I've been actively ready my whole life. I. At this point, I just turned everything off. I'm now just talking to you, and it's gonna get weird. It's gonna, it's gonna get fucking weird because. Well, then it's gonna, yeah. You know, because it's gonna lead us right into our next shot before you say your next goddamn words. All if right. you know it's good for you, John. All right. Grandma told me I shouldn't be drinking too much, but Grandma's <laughs> not here. I'm only. You're in sweater spirit. Blink, blink, blink. What grandma don't know. Mm. <sighs> don't hurt grandma. Don't hurt grandma. I thought you were leading me into it. Well, grandma don't know. Don't hurt grandma. Uh, no, what I am yeah. leading you into is our next... lightning round oh we'll be coming around the lightning round when we come lightning we'll be coming lightning round when we come lightning we'll be coming lightning round we'll be coming lightning round we'll be coming lightning round when we come hey y'all you guys say something about lightning rounds around a mountain no okay well all right i'll be back if you need me If we stay quiet, when his vision is based on movement like a rhinoceros. <laughs> this lightning round is one we haven't done in a little while, but I've always really enjoyed it. It's called The Safe Comedian. Oh, no, this comedian. is actually probably the worst one ever because making jokes that are dirty are hard enough. Making them that are clean, not easy. And... But, and then cheesy, like, ha- John, all the things you do in life are difficult. You're a, you, you're a stumbling block upon my way to success. You are the boot on my car as I drive to Valhalla. <laughs> also, now, Thor, Thor had a Subaru. I don't know if you knew that. In the past, I've given my boy Pete some... Uh, some some topics uh, for the safe comedian that he's always felt eh, maybe it's just enough rope to hang him. So I these I've I've uh, intentionally made a little bit more fun, a little bit more vague, a little bit. So uh, me, you could you'd have fun time. You'd have a great time. So help me, John. So help me because he knows I have at least an hour after the show to 
belittle, berate, be, be, be smirch. Oh, that was a close one. Yeah, he's third one out there. Um, yeah, no. You better. I didn't get a harumph out of your John. You better watch it. Our first topic is. I didn't get a harumph out of you, John. Harumph. Okay, fair enough. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, doing a set on on superheroes in a count, uh, in a in a cancel culture. <laughs> superheroes in a cancel culture. <laughs> hey, have you seen this? Hey, guys, have you seen this? The uh, the old Superman, faster than the speed of light, faster than the speeding bullet. Yeah. Lois Lane called. She says she wants her father, baby daddy, father. Hey, guys, have you seen this? Hey, have you seen the old uh, Superman? Right? Faster than the speedy bullet. Da, 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 da. Leaps over buildings with a single bound. Well, turns out he leaped over a building in a single bound to get away from Lois. And she's like, hey, Clark, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a father and not speed away like a bullet. <laughs> Am I right? All right. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Okay. Uh, also, um, <laughs> folks, same joke, insert the flash. Huh? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. Um, merman, more like person. All the fish, fish have been telling him for a while, right? You're not... Mm, Swim, swimmer, swimmy. You're not a. Those are your pronouns, there, mer person. Am I right? Uh, maybe that was too. Ooh, ooh. Wonder Woman. We wonder why you don't get paid as much as all these other superheroes. Woman is should be your name. <laughs> right, right. High five. Anyone? Okay. All right, folks, that's my time. Uh, superheroes are people, too. People are heroes, too. Heroes are heroes. Also, I'm going to go next door and get a hero. Uh, anyone wants to join? I'll be out there. Thanks, folks. Thanks for your time. I'm out. <laughs> rough one. Next, that was a rough set. That was, that was a rough set. And John, you got to give me a little green room time here. Hey man, that was a little that was a little rough. I was doing my new superhero material about how yeah. like you know people are people are people and like hey man, yeah, e- equality. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know, man. Have you, are you doing your superhero stuff or you're? Oh no, you're I got like, canceled. Oh man, fucking fucking superheroes. Am I right? High five. You you want to go get a hero next door? High five. I'm buying. High five. Nope. So our next one is uh, psychedelic experiences to the baby boomer generation. Refresh me. So your audience is the baby boomer generation and your set is psychedelic ba- my, my baby baby boomer which is the they're world war ii kids they're the they're our, they're exactly. the 60s 70s yep psychedelic experiences to the baby 
I'm I'm I have a room full of baby boomers. It's a uh, they're the ones who were saying uh, dirty hippies back in the '60s, and they're still alive. Same guys. Okay. <laughs> hey, folks. Hey, folks. It's, it's really great to be here out in Branson in the, the, uh, the Elks Lodge. Shout out Elks Lodge 241. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for, thanks for cleaning up this mess. Appreciate it. Um, folks, we have a lot of jokes here tonight, but uh, we're going to start out with um, things that might have happened later in your life. You know, you, when you were in your 20s, when you are you know, a, a big psychedelic. I don't know if you knew about the uh, electric Kool-Aid. Well, you know what? You, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Miss, no, no one's going to jump through a wall and say, hey, 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 hey. It's actually pronounced, oh, yeah. And it's not going to happen. And Jeff, Jeff, no, make it. No, no one's jumping through. No, tell him no. He's not coming through. Okay, so um, that was going to be our introduction for jokes about Kool-Aid experiments of psychedelics. You know what, folks? It's, it's a crazy thing that we have out here. And this is my first time in front of the AARP here in the uh, Elks Lodge 204. Thanks, Carl. All right, and um, uh, I didn't have a stroke, folks, and that is one thing I want you to think about. And one of the things is if you pause too far, you're, you're actually in your head too much. And so one of the things that people have said, can you believe this? I don't believe this. I don't believe this. They say a little bit of a hallucinogen, a little bit of MDMA, a little bit of psilocybin mushrooms. I can't even spell that, ladies and gentlemen. But I'll tell you what. I will tell you what. My small stroke I had right here just gave me the genius that I need to get through with this routine. So the funny thing happened on me. So, folks, a funny thing happened to me on the way to the psilocybin mushroom shops. <laughs> I was thinking about our baby boomer friends, you and me, our friends, our friends. This is going really rough. And I, I no, that's how I feel. If you. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, <laughs> folks. War is hell. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> give me a second I come back from a pit of pimps and whores ladies and gentlemen bear with me I'm making my way through this world one second what do you, what do you mean Ethel you said come here it's free state Carl I don't know we're going to give it a chance okay alright fucking shit uh, uh, uh. Ladies and gentlemen, do you miss your kids? I miss, <laughs> I miss most of them. Not so much, not so much Dave. Me neither. Do you miss most of your kids? I do miss most of my kids, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
if you want to have that special moment where you feel connected to your children, you have just a little something special. And now I'm doing pitches for things. Yeah. Now I'm doing like... <laughs> so I know, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. I don't know what he's saying. I think he's trying to sell us mushrooms. Well, Carl, do you have your checkbook? I don't have any cash. Do you take checks? I'm sorry, I don't take checks, but I digress. I'm having a difficult time myself. The joke is, I pitched this to my parents. And so my parents actively decided to do psilocybin mushrooms and reconnect with all of their old friends and family. And it was, it was stunning to see the level of discourse that, that they were able to, to, to produce at, at, at this level. I mean, granted, it was only between the two of them because they couldn't dial the phone and I was there present trying to help them out the whole time. But I feel like there was a really good connection. And ladies and gentlemen, I feel like you could make it to... God damn it, John. This is the... Now, when I said uh, uh, talk about psychedelic experiences, I didn't mean actually take a psychedelic and then try to blather through. <laughs> you sounded like you were about to peak. <laughs> did it did it did it come across i felt like i was well i was in i was in character like, yeah it was great awesome. it was great we're gonna give no and this is, get that to you whew, the audience no, that was obviously wasn't gonna clap <laughs> no no they were definitely not because they are all shocked because that is what uh, sir Lawrence olivier taught me is how to transform oneself into one's character even if it's misunderstood, commit fully. Don't be ashamed. That's right. Find That's your right. way out of the dark and get crazy with it, is what he said. That's where I got the whole, I come back from Pit of Pimps and Whores from him. It was actually a quote. Shout out. Shout Hello. Out. Junior. <laughs> Our final, final one. Uh, of this evening is nostalgic Sesame Street episodes to the Gen Z generation. Now we're looking at the 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 kids, the 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 the, the colleges is, is kids. What is, no, what is col like? I don't know what that means now. Like call it. Just give me an age, John. Like you, like I feel like that's how you hang me. Like here's baby boomers. Here's Gen Z and Gen. Like now, if you do math, I don't know. Give me an age. And how old people are. Oh, the little fuckers? Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean that. You guys are cool. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. You're pretty... 18? No. 18 ones I can't... Mm. Oh, no. Okay, so... Say it one more time. I had to get established. Go ahead. One more time. Nostalgic Sesame Street episodes. To this crowd. <laughs> oh, kids. All right. Thanks for bringing me on the campus with USCSB, SBSU, S Campus, Can't Be You, CBS. I know it's a very dot com, it's a very small campus. There's only six of you, but I appreciate your applause and I appreciate your silence. So if you could all stay with me in the, uh, man, it's crazy here. You guys are all virtual. There's a, Half court volleyball court with no net. That's no basket. You guys are doing really good. 
Uh, you, you probably didn't have as bad as we had back when I. I mean, you grew up with weird shows, but I grew up. Oh, I grew up with Sesame Street and this kind of stuff. Yeah, Mr. Snuffleupagus, right? If I describe Mr. Snuffleupagus to you, you'd be like, "Oh, the old crackhead by the supermarket who's like okie dokie who talks to an imaginary friend who needs things for his nose to eat and wants to be friends." And I, I'll be honest. I'll be honest, kids. I didn't watch a lot of the shows, but Snuffleupagus. I feel like he needs things for his nose. I don't think he actually said that, but he wants to be friends. He was an invisible no, elephant that only Big Bird could see. All right, and one of our four students is talking aggressively out of turn, and I thank you for your feedback and also your silence. So, what I'm saying, kids, is you don't know shit about growing up. What, no, no, I'm not done with my set, Dean. Dean, I'm not done with my set. I'll be better. Shit, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're a ginger. No, I'm sorry. I'm probably you're going to graduate, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, Elmo, you guys want to talk about Elmo? Oh, this guy, crackhead. Elmo, <laughs> Dean. It's not even about crack. It's about em- okay, okay. Apparently, I'm not going to get paid if I talk about Elmo and crack. Okay, kids, you see no Oscar the Grouch? Well, I guess I can come out of the garbage and. Oh, and that's not a good impression of Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> And fuck you. I apologize, Dean. I just want to get paid. Anyway, kids, watch Sesame Street. It's funny as fuck if you take it into your life account right now. Pay me. Fuck you. They love it. I'll do that set at a college every day of the week. There's no Dean there. John, I'm telling you, my best things are with like multiple people in my head. Like, yep, mind movie. Yep. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for coming out as student number one. I mean, I'm sorry. Dean, student number three. Thank you for coming out as student number three. Student number one, one of the lines. And we're like, nope, he can't read uh, lines for shit. And you were like, Grandma Sweater, this guy has upper management written all over him. He gets the line. And that kept us on track. <laughs> We're good. If you like what you're listening to now, there's more to set it out there. You can subscribe to our Instagram and Twitter, both which are at two sided pod. That's at TWO sided pod. Uh, we're also live streaming our episodes on YouTube channel. And that is a uh, two sided podcast. Uh, that's our channel. And you can find our live broadcast there. Uh, and uh, if you are on the stereo, you can find all, either of those uh, uh, links on our profiles. We also have a Gmail account uh, for suggesting topics for these Thursday shows or requests coming on yep. to our Tuesday yep. open chat stereo shows. Yep. And that's twosidedpod yep. at gmail.com, twosidedpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we we'll also think. Go ahead. No, finally. I need you to finish your goddamn spiel. Viral. 
We oh. can, you can listen to Two Sided on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and elsewhere by searching Two Sided for podcasts. We'd like if you follow us on those platforms, subscribe to us on YouTube, and even follow us here on Serio if you haven't already. We thank you kindly. Yeah, we, we don't say kindly normally in our day-to-day, but we're also starting a, a garage band uh, called Fart Sandwich. We're going to open, hopefully, in the next uh, tour for uh, Grunge Rock, open for Climbers, climbers and Feet. You know what, John? I'm just squirrel trying to get a nut, <laughs> trying to make okay. it funny. And, and I need to not... I need to realize when you have your shit written and like not be little or interrupt, let you read your, yep, you're doing good. If this is our like, and folks were brought to you by, and you have to end by like, no, no, you always do. Fuck you. You do. You end with, we thank you kindly. And I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. I don't want to usually it. interrupt before then. So you don't realize yeah, because that the, no, it's awful. It's it's no, it's literally the worst. But I realize it now in my tirade, John. I'm a learned man with vitriol and hate and angst built up inside. Uh, I must have a, a a a bleeding. I must get leeches. I must something to get my tempers right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but. I'll listen now until you start your bullshit, until you say, we thank you kindly. I feel like I'm going to the, a Disneyland barbecue, all you can eat in fucking... Uh, it, it, it's the old, come on, folks, you want to come down? And we thank you kindly for coming in. Like uh, uh-huh, This is Thunder right. Mountain. Hold on, folks, because this here is the wildest ride in the wilderness. Yeah, <laughs> take off your hats and glasses. We can't pray for them very much. Yeah, we thank you kindly for coming in. This is the wildest ride in the wilderness. That's what you sound like, and I hate every moment of it. However, I will listen if you, that's your tirade to do our pitch. Um, also, also a joke about your grandma's sweater. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, okay. So, uh, our final segment of the night is Sneakers, the movie. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. The movie Sneakers, uh, released in 1992, despite attempting in every single way to simply be known as a random, dated, Hollywood elite, goof-around style, a la like Ocean's Eleven, both versions, an expiring technology-based movie, immediately became uh, to become obsolete and unrelatable, turned out to be a timeless story of trust, friendship, and moving beyond one's past lives, uh, and of an understanding of our small place in the world of overbearing governments and societal systems. Holy shit, John. You got that uh, sneakers? Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I didn't get any of that shit, but fair enough. First... We have, uh, let's uh, give a demonstration of what sneakers had embedded into its very structure of the story that made it immediately dated. So no cell phones, the internet only being a tech-savvy black web basis uh, before AOL got its hands on it. Um, uh, Computer-generated data companies that were um, dating, uh, computer-generated dating companies that were mail-in only, 
So you, you couldn't actually talk to them otherwise, but, but through mail. Uh, uh, I know. And John was very upset about that. And he's like, I can't, I cannot get the mail over bride if I cannot talk to them directly. I send the mail and hey, Mother Russia Postal Service mails you bride. I mail myself. This is ridiculous. Along with closed circuits, uh, closed security circuits in all the major locations. So everything you had to break into the physical location in order to access any of its uh, technology. Um, so the telephone company being uh, the only conduit into each system. Uh, tape over CD or DVD and all technologies needing some sort of analog component before the digital. So hardware versus software. Uh, they would refer to waterbeds uh, as a thing. In RVs. Uh, this was truly a specific timeline, a time frame spanning uh, a span lasting only five to seven years, max. And after the mid '90s, even the concept of uh, and central mission of this movie would be obsolete and somewhat foreign to the younger generations. So, even the aesthetic of the movie was quintessentially early '90s. So, how could it last? That's the question I'm starting to pose. Oh, bullshit. How could Goonies last? Quintessentially. How could short circuit last? Quintessentially. How can uh, the Maltese Falcon, like there's, there's specific, well, no, that's a, more of a period, but there's all of those things. Sneakers you have a, 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 a soft spot in your heart for. It's a great, like, because it is the conglomeration. It is the, the cross reference of here is government interference of what we need for freedom of what here is being put upon us versus here is how I feel about myself versus self-discovery versus sexual discovery versus an all, like everything all at once. It's like, hey, do you like, uh, do you like dream a little dream? Yeah. Do you like uh, breakfast club? Yeah. Do you, do you like um, some kind of wonderful? All right. Watch this, and it's about the same thing as the net. Remember then when that chick was pulled up in her home with the internet? Yeah. All those kids' movies. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock in her house. Put it yep. together and show a booby from Brad Pitt's ex-wife for the first time. Right. Hackers. Oh shit! John has a titty preview in his head because I was like sneakers. Like he's right. Hackers was her titty. Like sneakers. And thank you for that segue because I was just going to say that hackers has been uh, many times related to sneakers as these two '90s uh, tech-based movies with big casts in them. To I totally different hackers, though. Uh, dated itself in a way that uh, uh, is somewhat unrelatable. Whereas sneakers has so many universal concepts in it. That's why even though it's, it's technology is even older than hackers and much more obsolete, that doesn't matter. It's about the, the people, the relationships, and really uh, the, the stars within it. And that's what we're going to talk about next. You son of a bitch. I'm going to have to go watch this movie because now I realize like all like, wait, I do a lot of drinking and, um, I dabble in doctor-prescribed pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Like, I do diuretics. I have some ulcer medication. <laughs> I have I myself, juice. 
a little fucked up, if you know what I mean when it comes to digestion. <laughs> but I'm thinking like, Jesus Christ, dude, did I just mix those? No, I know the two different movies, but I'm like, now you tell me? I'm like, no, I'm blurring the shit. As soon as I said like, oh, here's these titty pictures, like, you're not. I'm like, God damn it. Now my mind is... And this is what John wanted to do with us with the 90s. Fuck you, John. All right, I'm listening. Let's talk about sneakers versus hackers and tell me about what... Yeah, go, 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 go. Okay, go, so go. getting into the cast. It stars uh, two uh, no longer living legends of Hollywood, one living legend of Hollywood, a living comedic legend involved in legendary conspiracy theory silliness, Shakespeare heavyweights from both sides of the pond, a current... Say the words. Zamunda... And a first, uh, a future first lady, then president of the world. Yeah. Our top billing is Robert Redford, a true yeah, yeah, yeah. superstar. All right, but we all know him from his dressings. Continue, John. Uh, it, that would be Paul Newman, but okay. Uh, who teamed up with you Paul know Newman? What? The same. Thank you for the, you're segueing me so well. He so uh, Thank Robert you. Redford teamed up with Paul Newman, the dressing man. For not only Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but also for The Sting. Uh, he is... Right? Uh, has oh, been in my God. Po- okay, keep going. More political no, dramas than anyone. Uh, and even some sexy dramas like uh, River Runs Through It and Indecent That's not Proposal. sexy. That's not sexy. And even got himself into the Marvel Universe. That's not sexy either. Keep going. Next, River Phoenix. Oh! Oh my God. He was my favorite Phoenix child until I met Leaf, until I met Joaquin, and until I realized the Viper Room was closed down. You guys, no. guys, you guys, you, no, no, fuck off. There's a whole, there's been so many documentaries and podcasts, but the Viper Room, come on, man. All right. River, you ruined everything for us. River Phoenix, go on. Robert Redford, Paul Newman, River Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix, who nope. blew into the scene as the next uh, super great with his performance in Stand By Me, uh, continuing immediately with The Mosquito Coast with Harrison oh, Ford. Oh, The Mosquito Coast, which is a fucking fantastic movie. Anyone out there listening on on um, Apple TV, there's uh, uh, a series, uh, a TV series about uh, of Mosquito Coast. It's literally the same storyline of River Phoenix and Harrison Ford, but it's a like uh, it's all out there, like nine episodes, ten episodes. It's the yep. fucking shit. Check that out. But Mosquito Coast. Go on, John. He's also Continue. known. He's also known for my own private Idaho. Uh, before uh-huh. employee, playing with the boys and uh-huh. John L. Peacock. He also. This is coming. This is a fucking through line. He's also um, in. Uh, the lead character in A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon, uh-huh. which starred uh, What's Her Face, who was in um, Dreaming a Little Dream, which I loved. Anyway, but in A Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon, walk, uh, River Phoenix comes up on stage after he's, cause he's trying to win his girlfriend back from prom, and he jumps up on stage and he's like, I come back from a pit of pimps and whores. It was like, and he's like, bear with me. I'm making this up as I go. And he goes into, cause he's a poet. And yep. I don't know his poetry. Cause it was kind of shitty poetry, but 
I remember that stop line of like, make a record scratch when you're going to say something. I come, I come back from a pit of pimps and horrors. I'm like, bear with me. I'm making so, so good. Okay. Full <laughs> circle. Gone. So his jokes, my jokes, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, River Phoenix, Viper. Uh, yeah. So he died a year after the movie came out and this was his penultimate performance. Now, next one, Dan Aykroyd. No, uh, known these days more for his off-camera persona than his characters, but who started with the first batch of not-yet-ready-for-prime-time players on SNL. After Ghostbusters died out, Aykroyd uh, said that he truly believes in ghosts, aliens, metaphysical occurrences, paranormal activities, and just, much, much more. Now you're just belittling, you're besmirching the characters of good people. Go on, continue. This comes into play with his character in this movie. Is it my time to make jokes now? Okay. Is it my time to make jokes or are you going to say more names of people? I'm going to say more names. So how about you, how about you say something? Yeah, how about, how about I say funny things? This is my, this is my time in life. You say, you say he believes in character. What about him in the great outdoors what about him like you're not going to give me anything of of he's known from behind camera more days and now he says he believes in the afterlife you're given allusions to ghostbusters you're not going to give me out great outdoors like what are you doing with your life if you're setting this up and you wrote this as a script tell me and i'll shut the fuck up <laughs> but god damn it john you need me to quiet you need me quiet you need me quiet you need me quiet you need me quiet Oh, quiet, oh, quiet. No, 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 no. And next is after Dan Aykroyd is a oh, quiet, a oh, quiet, a oh, quiet, a oh, quiet, a oh, quiet. David Strathern and Ben Kingsley are two hard-hitting classical actors with movies and play productions notched on their respective belts for some of Shakespeare's best. And Kingsley even played Gandhi in the Oscar award-winning movie. Uh, see, great. It, my thing is people always reference Ben Kingsley with uh, Gandhi, but it's a tough movie to watch. Like, it's like, oh, shit, you want to see some good acting? Watch Gandhi. Like, no, fuck off. You want to see some good acting with Ben Kingsley, John? Watch Sexy Beast. Ooh. <laughs> which is, hey a mob yeah. boss who fucks shit up. Like, it's, ooh, it's good. It's great. It's like, the, it's the same time as uh, Melrose Ave. Or no, uh, um, um, Mel Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is the yeah. same. Okay, rare at the same time as as that and Crash. It was right around. That was the time. It was but oof, that, that was gritty, a good one. gritty okay. resurgence uh, in Hollywood. That was a beautiful gritty resurgence. Yeah, right. And that's how I live my life. A very gritty resurgence. Okay. Anyone who's watching, uh, listening. Uh, we're on YouTube. Click our profiles. We're going live right now. We every Thursday uh, live. Click that subscribes. Click the alert. Smash that subscribe button, Bo. Uh, dude, I don't even know how to do that shit. And you Down can to see the left, beautiful the rugs. No. Back, back oh, in the left. Back, back in the left. There it is. Anyway, so subscribe. We're over here Thursday or Tuesday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, uh, Eastern. Uh, Eastern. Uh, 9.24 p.m. in 1984 in Narnia. So all of those things, just subscribe. 
Be alert and you'll know. John, continue. Ben Kingsley. So Mary McDonald is our girl in the boys club who uh, had just come off playing uh, with Daniel Day-Lewis in Dances with Wolves. Uh, she, she went on uh, to become uh, the first first lady to die in Independence Day and then became the president of the world in the highly acclaimed series Battlestar Galactica. All right, dude, I'm, I'm with it. Like, I'm glad you brought Independence Day. You don't need to bring Shakespeare things into it. She was amazing in sneakers, but I think today is our Independence Day of you not talking about Shakespeare. We've fought this hard for this long, <laughs> and we've addressed John in his grandma's sweater for too long, and no one... And nothing will keep us down. Today is... I I got nothing, John. I got nothing. Just making cocktails, baby. Making cocktails. What do you think? (laughs) Last and certainly never least, Sidney Poitier. Oh, shit. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sidney Poitier, who died on January 6th of this year, is quite possibly the greatest Hollywood star of all time. President Obama, when awarding him a Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009, said, quote, Sidney Poitier does not make movies. He makes milestones, milestones of artistic excellence, milestones of America's progress. Poitier once called his driving purpose to make himself a better person. He did. And he made us all a little better along the way. End quote. Okay, so. I love, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a learned man. My, my movie collection, oop, there's a hiccup. My movie collection smells of rich walnut and leather Corinthian. It's beautiful. N- names, because uh, I know his like basic stuff, like what was he known for? His big hits. Because I know he's yeah. through the, out the ages and we all have, everyone knows all the references to him and all the cartoons and all the memes and all the things, but like, okay, but what was your, what was your thing? I, I like French. I'm glad co- you no. asked. Not I'm French glad you French. asked. So from in the heat of the night to guess who's coming to dinner. Uh, two of his biggest uh, in the heat of the night is they call me Mr. Tibbs um, where he slaps the, the officer as an officer. Um, but here's the deal. In the heat of the night, it's directed by that was the um it, these are his movies are great movies. They're amazing movies, but oh, they're not well-known directors. They're, it's like yeah. it's like um guess who's coming to dinner and uh uh who's Virgi- afraid of Virginia Woolf and like things right. like oh yeah very few people have seen so like Sydney Point that's why I'm like trying to I'm trying to place him. Okay, go ahead. Go 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 go. Uh separate but equal is another one and even looking at racial injustices across the globe in his movie Mandela and De Klerk which looked at De Klerk and Nelson Mandela the last uh uh, uh white uh, president of South Africa and the first black president of South Africa. And yes, being the first black actor to win the Oscar for best actor uh, Poitier truly did make milestones wherever he went. No, 
He no, he definitely did, but his bit like John. I feel like you don't have enough information. I feel like you need to keep talking. And I'm going to give all the shit that we all know him for because you're you're doing a very poor job. Okay, let's get into things. Let's get into the plot. Keep story. going. Uh, spoiler warning here. As far as plot uh, spoilers go, the spoilers of this movie are quite minor. But if you really want to watch this 30 year old movie for the first time. Going in basically blind. I'm just We're, telling people who are listening now or in the so, future. No, uh, yeah, you should stop listening I, for the next ten yeah, minutes. No, I, yeah, no, I, no, ten. Fuck, John, ten minutes. What movie are you talking about? Because you might be giving me a spoiler, and I might not want that. So, what are we talking about? And why can you just take a breath and realize that it's not just you doing this? I'm doing my Independence Day. <laughs> no one sneakers. Back. No. Oh, oh, sneakers. Okay, because I thought we were talking about Sydney Poitiers. Thanks. Like, what movie? Because you just <laughs> said like uh, uh, the white secretary and the the clerk and like, I don't, bro, I, I need to look all these up. Is he's really like I'm looking his shit up to try and okay, everyone, don't listen if you don't know sneakers. But you know what? Maybe do because I've watched it like five times and I don't remember all of it. But I'm pretty sure it involves computers. So okay, you just look stuff up and stop uh, derailing me. I'm going to tell a little bit of the, of the plot. Okay, the movie begins. Maybe, with, maybe, quote, maybe, maybe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one pointer as a director, as an actor. You can say the movie starts with, and I quote. You can do the quotes, but when you get to your your reading of your paragraphs of what that what that intent is after that quote. Maybe just kind of look up. Like, what's the heart of that piece, John? Maybe talk about it like a human. And then, like, maybe look back down after you're done with that paragraph, after you're done with that piece, and, like, I missed something, throw that in. Maybe be a fucking human instead of a goddamn robot. All right. Love you. Okay, go. You're, you're, doing, good. you're doing really good. I'm looking up Sydney Poitier. Uh, a black screen that uh, the words, a turnip cures Elvis, scrolls across. And then that uh, phrase scrambles itself into Universal Pictures. A few more Scrabble-esque word scrambles uh, before we get to Fort Red Border for Robert Redford. Uh, the title, uh, then the title, then our opening scene with snow, smooth jazz, and December 1969. Yeah, no, I, I, and I apologize to anyone listening because I feel like we're... The movie itself was an hour and 37 minutes. I feel like the reading of John doing the credits and all the bullshit is going to take at least <laughs> 220. I don't have this kind of time in my life. So, John, you need to get with your shit, baby. Like, <laughs> I'm going to give you like 20 hot seconds to get with the fucking program and tell me what's going on here. Okay. So in 69, uh, Marty Bryce and Cosmo are in a college uh, using what looks like 80s computers, but in the 60s, uh, attached to stereotypical landline phone receivers, causing the phone line to transmit fraudulent electronic money transfers from the rich and give it to the poor. Republican committee giving to the Black Panthers, Richard Nixon giving uh, all of his dirty load to the organization of legalizing, legalizing marijuana, that sort of thing. Okay, so anyone out there listening... John read a bunch of shit that he tried to sum up in the last seconds when he looked away. So it's a Robin Hood story, yep. but it's with the internet. So yep. here is or, or, or an early version of the internet, right? Yeah. 
we're taking wire transfers. Remember Western Union? Because we can still do that for poor people to send money. So it's Western Union with a dial-up connection, and they're stealing money to give to poor people and their government officials. Or no, no, no. I don't know, John. Can you tell me that? Yes or no? Government or no? Yes, yes. Uh, yes, uh, they're not. They're, gov- uh, they're not government. No. They're they're stealing from the government. Yes, there's yes exactly. So government is doing Western Union. This this pirate band, the Robin Hoods, are tapping in and taking the wire transfers and giving it to the poor. So John has just explained Robin Hood men in tights with digital currency. John, go. <laughs> uh. So Marty gets uh, hungry, wants pizza. Cosmo says whoever wins his coin in hand game goes. As Marty leaves, wow. having lost, Cosmo reveals his second hand to be empty, saying one cannot trust anybody these days. These, uh, so the, the, the scrambling words and Cosmo's uh, uh, betraying his friend in that moment is what's really setting up the, the heart of this movie. The FBI so comes you... as Marty tries to uh, uh, start his hippie van. They get Cosmo. Marty gets away. All right. That's awesome and great and fantastic. I haven't watched this movie in probably 10 years. I know it. But you keep saying Marty and Cosmo and open his hand. He says, nothing's here. Like, you've got to give two lines of preface. Sidney Poitier is, hmm. Fucking Robert Redford is, hmm. Paul Newton's like, Cosmo Marty, and Marty. We find out because these are both younger versions of people from 69. We cut to present day. We learn that Marty is Robert Redford. We do not know who Cosmo is. Cosmo is someone who uh, is a person of the past because he went to prison uh, supposedly for life. You're doing the whole fucking movie. You're doing the entire movie. I thought we we're doing a quick summation. You're trying to do like fast forward. We don't know who they are. Fast forward. We know who they are now. No characters. I'm going to be as crazy as they were early on and give you, like, this is how we, John, <laughs> you can't fast forward. Oh, my God. Okay, go. Look, we lost our one listener. Go. Uh, okay, so the, let's see. I, I have a lot, so maybe I should cut all this down. All right. We, we yeah, get no, introduced you're to trying our to team. do the whole movie. We get introduced to our team. So uh, Stratham is playing Whistler, a blind guy who has run-ins with the telephone company because of his amazing hearing. He uses that to, uh, to hear the phone lines and their technology. We get this in the first scene. Mother is Dan Aykroyd. He's uh, the, the base man. He's the one who is there in the sewer pipes connecting all the, all the wires. Uh, Carl is our uh, plucky little uh, River Phoenix, who is a really, really excited guy, trying to be with all these old guys. And uh, Crease is Sidney Poitier's character, who is an ex-CIA agent who was terminated from the CIA 22 years uh, after 22 years of service. And his role in this troop is running it, correct? Uh, him, and, him and Redford, who is uh, Martin Bryce at this point. He changes right. Name. No, so, so so that's so. John, don't talk to me about your. Don't look at your script. Like if we're talking movies, don't yeah. try and read the fucking movie to me. If we're talking right. this through, like you, goddamn. So meanwhile, then Rutherford and just all right. So we got a team. You guys know Voltron. 
All right, Voltron. Everyone has a special skill. It's like Ocean's Eleven. Everyone has a special skill. Yeah. And here's all the people. And what they're doing is they're trying to fucking steal money from the government and wire transfers in hustles like the Sting. There we go. So here's the people. So, John, quick and go. So the new group Tell, is no, a no, legitimate No, no, group. no, 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 no. Don't, don't read it. Tell me the I'm story. Not, I'm not, now no, I'm not. I'm, I'm done with that now. I, I know this movie like the back of my hand. The new group. No, I know. Don't look down. They, their job is to uh, banks hire them to steal from them. Um, as, as the receptionist says, so people pay you to break into their places so that nobody can break into their places. Robert Redford says, it's a living. And she looks at the paycheck and says, not a very good one. Right. The main group, you said. So we don't yes. know who that is. So what does the main group mean, John? So this is how That's we talk about Mother, it. Whistler, Crease, so, and Bishop. So, uh, and so Dan Aykroyd, uh, Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, River Phoenix, David Stratham. But not Ben Kingsley. Nope. So that's a no, I know. I'm just trying to because the people who don't know the movie, you're trying to fucking sell it out. Did you know David Stratham and Jason Stratham? Um did um they transported um their mother to Christmas this last Christmas? No relation. No relation. Just like two brothers taking mom to Christmas. <laughs> So, so really, really quickly, it uh, so Robert Redford, River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd, David Stratham, Sidney Poitier realize, yes, uh, that uh, Robert Redford has a past that is catching up with him. The NSA comes to him and says, "We know all this about all these people, and we know what you did because he was the one who was stealing from the rich and giving to the poor yeah. back in '69." You're, so you're fucked now, so we're going to fuck you now unless... Right, unless you steal this uh, box that uh, unlocks, all, we, unlocks all cryptography. For that us. we want. So you, that we want. you steal this or we fuck you from the past. And right. so this is... I feel like I'm talking to my mom right now. <laughs> so they said, hey, do this shit for us or we'll fuck you up. And he's like, all right, hey, guys. And all the guys like, okie dokie, and they come together like Voltron. And once they come together like Voltron, now take it away. They're coming together like Voltron. They are easily able to uh, get into the little black box of this Janik guy, this scientist who created it. Uh, They steal it. Everything's wonderful. They're partying. They're having a great time. They give it to the NSA. And then uh, Poitier notices a mag- uh, newspaper that says that that uh, Janet guy was murdered. They didn't do it, and he knows something's up. So he gets Redford in the car. They zoom away, and they don't have the money. They they don't have anything else. They gave the black box away. All seems lost, right? Uh huh. This is the worst Cecil Eber episode I've ever been part of. <laughs> Like you, you're not good at movie telling or episodes right now. Like I'm, I've kind of tuned out. Like we, like you're not. You, uh, just no. Continue there, and finish. Finish whatever you're gonna do. Finish. Go. There, uh, there's a moment where uh, Redford runs into an old uh, 
KGB officer, uh, Gregor. And now we're thinking, oh, it might be the Russians involved because this is 92. This is right after the fall. It's always the fucking Russians, John. Continue. That's that's right. Actually, that's a perfect thing because they Uh, really use that as a beautiful Just finish the movie. And it was never the Russians. Uh, it was. It never is. Internal. It's always the Ukrainians, John. Go ahead. Cos- Cosmo, who was believed to be dead, is actually the one who's behind it all. His old friend, now turned enemy, has betrayed him. <sighs> Cosmo! Because John likes to use fucking character names instead of people. He hasn't mentioned Paul Newman or Ben Kingsley because the originals were only Robert Redford, River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd, David Statham, Sidney Poitier. He hasn't mentioned the other ones because his friend... Paul Newman is not in it whatsoever. It's Ben Kingsley, funny enough. No, it's... it's, This is where we differentiate uh, the two sided of the fun of the series. Like, this is not fun or funny or any... You're not good at movies or retelling them. And then meanwhile, back at band camp. All right. So it was Ben Kingsley all the while. And he says, oh, I noticed a newspaper and looks like he's been killed. And maybe, maybe it was fucking the butler who did it. And it was like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm only Mrs. Peacock. And so I know we saw your pronouns. We actively know, says Professor Plum. And we all, John, we get it. So continue the movie, end the movie, go. Yeah, Redford thought, uh, was the NSA, wasn't the NSA. He goes to uh, Gregor. They're in a car together. Gregor gets pulled over by the uh, FBI. He offers him asylum. And, um, and as Martin, who is uh, Redford, gets out, uh, Gregor says, you won't know who to trust. Martin gets out. The FBI find his gun. And then they use his gun to kill Gregor. And his uh, and his driver, and say too many secrets. So not only was uh, it not the NSA, it was also not the FBI. It was all the same guy doing it uh, the same. Uh, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Uh, fool me twice, you ain't gonna fool me again. It was literally like that. Folks, I've I've seen this movie multiple times, and John. <laughs> I need to watch it again because John's ex- like his explanation. I, re- I remember who got killed and I remember how that killed. And I remember what was happening, but his explanation of how he did his words, like you're upset and reading things and now flustered and making <laughs> like all of the things you're doing are stupid. Like I don't. So, Hey, maybe next week I can, I can fucking regurgitate my favorite movie. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. All right, maybe, I'm going to cut to maybe, the end. No, 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 because maybe we can talk about Sidney Poitier's movie Ghost Dad next time, because I'll give you the whole fucking breakdown on Ghost Dad, John. So Sidney Poitier. I don't know who else is in it. You'll have to wait for the fucking recap. You're not done yet? Okay, so he shot him and said too many secrets, and now John's going to keep fucking talking. Jesus Christ. The good guys win in the end. They get the box back. And then with the best end of movie, one scene cameos ever, enter James Earl Jones. The only real government official of the entire movie. He wants the box and will do anything to uh, keep it a secret except for kill them. 
And so, uh, as the Russian remember when you said, were gonna remember when you were gonna read it. Remember when you were gonna do that, and you continued to only read. I'm just asking questions. So the whole point, when he came in, uh, so James uh, Earl Jones came in, and he was a fucking. He was the only CIA agent. He was the only fucking government agent. James Earl Jones comes in. He's like, whoa, motherfuckers. And we all like, bah. And, and then, John. He takes the box. Uh, and and uh, the lead character says, you know, the Russians say their codes are completely different from ours. So it's not going to work for them. It'll only work for spying on us. And I think that's a huge crux of the movie. Because it's all internal. It's it. So it. Uh, the themes of this movie are looking how right devious here. our government, our devious our governments are to our is to our own people. Uh, how how greed and and uh, uh, power can destroy friendships, but how loyalty and and trust can really bind people together in a beautiful way. Yeah. Uh, uh. I am aggressively opposed to all of the things you say. Like, that you're going to use this platform to talk about this movie and give this message. That is what I am opposed to. You're a fucking idiot with your grandma. No, no, no. I know you do, but you gave a play-by-play and tried to fucking jerk off all the actors Granted, you didn't say a fucking thing about uh, Mary uh, um, McDonald. No, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not asking you to. Shut the fuck up. I'm not asking you to. No, 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 no. Shut the fuck up. I'm just saying you gave a rundown of here's the characters, here's the players, here's the thing. And I know you skip, skip two or three pages that made your heart burn because I wrote this and I researched it. <laughs> And I'm going to regurgitate this goddamn movie. And, and I appreciate, like, I don't have time for friendship or other things in life because I spend so much time on the show. How about this? You owe me an hour and a half of friendship time because this was bullshit. And any research you did for this, fuck you. And you can tell anyone in the world, sorry, I owe about an hour and a half. I was a dummy. Because uh, you want to spend an hour to do Strange Brew next week, bro? And it's a fucking, it's a coming of age of two brothers in the Pacific Northwest realizing they don't have social skills or influences, but they have a will to live and a lust of beer. Maybe fucking mid grade beer, eh? Okay, good on you. John. Is that what we want to do our show on? Is that our fun thing? Ugh, boo, bro. Boo. Tell me more about if the fun things are our favorite movies. I have things to say now. And I will, I will, I'm going to at least tell me the goddamn movies before we watch them again. Like, I know the movie, but I can't. all the way through like get god damn it john i want you to know that that grandma and i would be very disappointed in your sweater and of your summation of the show so the sources for this episode of two-sided have been uh for the serious uh new york times podcast the daily entitled uh the uh, episode uh called the rise Uh... and fall of the golden globes and uh 
thedartmouth.com. Uh, their article, 79, uh, 79th Golden Globe Awards, proceed as a private event. For the fun, which is sneakers, the, uh, my largest source by far was the movie itself. All opinions and theories stated are completely mine. I know it so well that I didn't need any article on it. For the actors and uh, careers and other specifics, I did use their individual IMDb pages. Oh, no. And my favorite thing is when people are their own self-proclaimed experts on a thing like, I don't need anyone to tell me nothing about nothing. All right, Karen, not a problem. Hey, you want to watch another movie next week, Karen? Let's see it. And notice how I didn't go any further than that because you don't need any information to know what I'm saying. Because I know when I make a joke aggressively at John and his not need for knowledge, I know I don't need any backup. So speaking of that, uh, Pete, for this episode, is there anything that you'd like to take a second look at, a second guess, a, a second opinion? Uh, this is oh, Pete's Retraction Corner. You're, the, you're probably the worst person. Like... Because we're doing this as a as just a quiet intervention for your movie descriptions and my aggressive drinking, I don't like you, John. I, I love you, but I want to drown you with a tub. <laughs> but all this, you couldn't give me any of the good Cine Poitier movies. You gave me all these references, and you regurgitated things that you wrote. Like I'm with you, bro. I'm a hundred percent with you. Write them down. Read them out. Like. How I feel about this movie. Don't tell me what you're reading on the movie. Like Sydney Poitier, this motherfucker was in Stir Crazy. Did you know Stir Crazy? God damn. He was in the greatest story ever, Little Nikita. I don't know if you knew this. I am not your Negro in 2016, which was also a nominated award show. Like if you're gonna show things about like uh and also he was Obama said, like, okay, what, why? I had to look up and, like, these are the reasons why. Give me some things. Give me some things, John. Do your work. What, right. I'm, what I'm retracting is that I didn't say that in the beginning. Shut the show down. That's it. I'm a producer. You're out of order. This whole show is out of order. All right, folks, and that leads us to our next thing. We are on YouTube Live right now that I just realized. Smash that subscribe button. Hit that alert button. Tell John his grandma's sweater looks delightful. Also, we're going to list you a... No, don't do that. A whole list of our Sydney Pontier favorite movies. Separate but equal. Hanky Pinky, Children of the Dust, Edge of the City, Brother John, The Slender Thread, Mandolin, Dick Kirk. That is what you're saying. You said the clerk, Mandela, Duck. and the clerk. Oh, you did not enunciate. There's not an, enough emphasis on your syllables, John. And that, and that is what we're brought to you by Grandma sweaters. Hey, when you can't be feeling warm enough, Grandma sweaters keep you warm, keep you smelling like mildew. Grandma sweaters. Call them up. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We have our open chat show on stereo every Tuesday, same time as tonight. So if you'd like to join us or want to throw some topics out there, 
email us at twosidedpod at gmail.com. That's T-W-O-SidedPod at gmail.com. And remember to join us in the green room in about four minutes uh, yep. uh, start, uh, for our after show wind down. That's a wrap for tonight. I'm John L. Peacock out in Brooklyn, New York. And I'm my boy Pete. And you can watch Mark of the Hawk, Cry the Beloved Country, uh, the, the Something of Value, The Willoughby Conspiracy. Fast forward any of these great Sidney Poitier movies to see why he's the best of the best down in Southern and California. This, and this was our show. Uh, join us live uh, next and every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, as we talk about the two sides of life, the fun and the serious here on Two Sides. Let's see that didgeridoo, John, because daddy needs a little do in his life. Oh. It's like a sound bath for stupid people. It's, it washes over you like cascades of nope, 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 nope. And I adore it. Cheers. <laughs>